Welcome to the Seasonal Practice Podcast. It's our hope that by stepping into the rhythms offered to us by the Christian calendar, we can have fresh encounters with the living God. So if you've ever been curious about what the liturgical calendar or seasons are, or how you could more deeply engage them, you've come to the right place. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Seasonal Practice Podcast. We are here for week four, the final week of Advent. Yes, 2022, Advent coming to a close. 2022 is coming to a close. Um, and uh, it's good to be back with everybody. It's been really fun to get some some feedback and some communique from our listeners out there. Um, yeah. And we also figured out this is an international audience, didn't we, Kate? Yes, it appears we have some people listening from Canada and Guatemala, which is wonderful. Thinking about y'all, I know you have very different weather patterns this time of year. So yes. I hope you're enjoying whatever your is outside your window. Yeah, absolutely. Well, last week we talked about Christ breaking forth, Christ being born. And this week we are going to look ahead to the future, looking forward to the time when all things will be made right again. Yeah. We've talked about this every episode a little bit that that Advent gives us a window into the three different comings of Christ, right? Christ who has come, Christ who uh, is in the present in spirit and in power, and Christ who will come again as um, as both Savior and Judge. Um, so we get uh, the theme of hope was really strong in this final week as we look ahead to something. But that, there's some tension we hold there, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, we have this hope for the way we want things to be, the way we hear about things in scripture. And then there's also the reality of how things are um, presently in our daily lives. Totally. And and I think the characters were offered uh, in the biblical narrative, particularly in this season, uh, offer us a really clear window into what it means to hope in the midst of that. You know, I, our texts for last week, uh, I happen to be preaching out of these ones. We get this this beautiful vision from Isaiah 35, where the desert is in bloom and in blossom, and, and crops will grow abundantly in the desert. And we also have this, this, this visual that God will strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees, and that the, the, the challenge is to then be strong, because then the blind shall see and the ears of the deaf be unstopped. And there's this beautiful picture of the way things shall be. You know, there's, there's the lion will lay down with, down with the lamb, these type of things. My kids remembered that, that uh, there was the text two weeks ago from Isaiah. They're like, well, but what, how does that work when there's going to be like kids playing near the pit of the viper and they will have no fear? Um, and I think those are really evocative images that shows there will be a day when all things are made right. And then the rest of the text and the characters we encounter there are sitting in the midst of the tension we feel now. Even John the Baptist, who was once full of hope early in the book of Matthew, we see in Matthew chapter 11, who is saying, I, I don't know about this, Jesus. Is, is he really the one? Like, Because I'm not, what I'm seeing in front of me is not lining up with the vision I signed up for. And I think those are some of the questions and realities we sit with in the middle of Advent. Well, and I think it's it's interesting to look back on the scripture and look at how Israel hoped and yeah. look at even after Jesus arrived, what that looked like, because the story is long and hope continues on throughout the generations. And we get to hold that here today. Yeah. And, and I think when we 
some of these words are really helpful. And we've we've looked at Bernard of Clairvaux every week too, and looking at looking ahead to Christ coming in the future. This kind of a, a future looking or eschatological uh, future that Christ will be seen in glory and majesty and the redemption of all things will be present. Heaven and earth will be one. And here Christ is our life eternal. And so it's really beautiful and it is right to hope in something. But the challenge of hope is that it also forces us to act in hope, which can sometimes clarify in painful ways how things are not yet as we long for them to be. Um, we said it earlier, too, that, that that Christ will come as Savior and Judge, right? The restorer of all things. But to make all things right, that means that what is wrong needs to be named and to be addressed. And it takes something outside of our own judgment to, to make that clarifying uh, definition in us and around us, and then have the power to to change it, so that not just everything outside of us will be made right, but everything in us. And so there is the Savior and Judge picture we get in Advent too, of Christ as Judge, which is good news, not just functionally as we are unable to judge for ourselves what is right and what is wrong and have the power to change it, but also that the Judge we will see in Christ is the same Christ we see in the Scriptures. Is that God revealed in the person of Jesus is the same who will come again in glory and in power. Um, and that is good news. I'm glad you said that. Uh, before you kind of went into that, I was thinking, but how do we actually do this, right? Because I think a lot of our hope comes from being part of the story. But I love this idea that we need to name things inside of ourselves and, you know, have hope that. And, and take steps, right, towards reconciling those things. But also, I think, you know, on a larger scale, there are steps towards justice that we can see playing out. Um, so I'm really, I, I like how you went into that um, to kind of answer that question. How do we hold hope other than just saying, you know, I, I believe this will happen. I believe this will come. Yeah, hope, hope puts us into action and into proximity. Uh, this is a quote I wrote down earlier this week. Uh, pulled it off the the interwebs it seems to be unattributed but it says this people speak of hope as if it is this delicate ephemeral thing made of whispers and spiders web it's not hope has dirt on her face blood on her knuckles the grit of the cobblestones in her hair and just spat out a tooth as she rises for another go there's this this visuals. idea that yeah beautiful visuals yeah but also wow that that's that's gritty that's a hope that endures that's a hope that's durable because what hope does is it puts us in greater proximity to the things that are not as we wish they would be whether that's in our personal relationships uh, within ourselves um, in our places of business or worship or work and gives us the opportunity to say if I have hope I can engage this moment this person this issue differently. But hope is not something that says you can then dis disengage. Yeah. Yep. I was just thinking that same thing. It, it reminds us that, again, we're, we're an actual part of the story, right? Yeah. And we have, we have work to do. We do. Yeah. The invitation is ongoing and profound. Yeah, absolutely. 
And speaking of invitations, we have a continued invitation for you to continue to practice alongside us. Yeah, this week, we want to invite everyone into breath prayers. Um, And breath prayers are just like they sound. As you breathe in, you usually say one portion of the prayer. And as you breathe out, you say the second part. Um, And I personally love this because I think especially in a season, a week, like you probably all have ahead of you, um, where you're busy. And I mean, life is like that all the time. A breath prayer is so accessible, so readily available. um, And it's just a beautiful call back to the truths that we know. Yeah. And when I think of breath prayers, I think of something that you just can carry with you, right? You, You can hold, maybe it's one per day, or maybe you have a whole tool belt of options to pray. Um, when I think of breath prayers too, I associate them with a bell. And here's, here's what I mean by that. Um, think about the majority of Christian history. Uh, we didn't have access to uh, the scriptures daily. We also didn't have access to technology like a smartphone that would go off and buzz on your, or a smartwatch that would buzz on your wrist and be like, time to move or whatever. Uh, this appointment's coming up. And so through uh, in Christian communities, particularly monastic life through the centuries, there would be a bell that would ring throughout the day and it would be a call to prayer. Now, sometimes that was a call to assemble and pray together. Other times it was a call to simply pray where you are. And so there's this idea of, uh, and that you would pray even with your your very breath. So a bell and a breath are these two things I want to put before us uh, today. Um, A friend of mine once said, what is your bell that calls you to pray? And so I would encourage uh, our listeners this week to name a few moments, a few bells, if you will, that will call you to pray these short breath prayers. Maybe it's when that family member sends you that passive aggressive text on the group text about what you're bringing or what we're wearing or what we're doing. Maybe it's that. And that's that's truly your bell to say, take a breath, Christ in me, the hope of glory. You know, something like that. Um, We'll give you a couple options here. Um, and you can write your own, of course, too. Or maybe it's when uh, y- your baby starts crying or your one kid picks on another or your roommate leaves their dishes out one more time when you're trying to you know, get everything cleaned up at home for the holidays, whatever. But I would help, I would encourage you to not only grab a few short breath prayers, but to have name the bells, name the moment or the situation that will cause you and call you to pr- pray. And so that there is always a response, um, and that is something that's centering and hopeful rather than reactive. Like we said, you can write your own breath prayers, but we want to leave you with um, a couple of examples. And these are from a resource called Soul Shepherding. And here's the first one. So this would you would breathe in the first part of this sentence, and then again, breathe out the second. Um, the Prince of Peace has come. Glory to God. And the second is, let it be to me according to your word. And breath prayers, as as you can imagine, with just that breath in and out, are just these short reminders. Um, And as you're writing them, I think you can fit them to whatever is going on in your life. Yeah, totally. Um, The in and out and to be repetitive with those. Those Those are so good ones. Thanks, Kate. Yeah. Well, 
Speaking of repetitive, something we've done every week has also been us highlighting a few songs for people. Um, what do you think? You want to go first? Well, I have two this week. I took I took that out of your playbook. So I can go first if you want. I can do one. Take it away. Come back for the give second. Us, give okay. us both. The one, two. Well, I really just couldn't let Advent pass without choosing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, which I declared to be the jewel of the Psalter hymnal our first week. Totally. Um, I love every version. I think it's one of the best songs out there. Um, but I'll add to our playlist one that is by For King and Country and Need to Breathe. And it's um, just got driving beats that I like and is energetic. And I, I just love having it on in the background throughout the season. Awesome. That sounds great. Yeah. It's, number two? It's a good one. Um, so the second one is called Simeon Song. And if you know the story of Simeon, um, you can find it in Luke 2. Simeon was this righteous man, and he was at the temple when Mary and Joseph bring Jesus there to be presented at the temple. Um, and he met Jesus, and he declares, let me pull up the exact words. Um, he takes Jesus in his arms and declares, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. My eyes have seen your salvation, which have prepared which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people of Israel. And I just love that scripture. I love the story. It's really, um, we just see this reaction to hope being fulfilled, right? Simeon says, I can die now. You are here. Mm. Um, and this this song is called Simeon's Song by the Porter's Gate, and it just goes through that scripture. So I love it for this week um, with the, the fulfillment of, of the promise of Messiah coming. Beautiful. That, yeah, that's really profound. Thanks, Kate. My song this week is an oldie but a goodie. Um, it is I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Now, while we have been... Uh, the first to say that Advent is not Christmas and not to conflate the two and Advent is able to stand on its own legs. Uh, this song, though, I think really embodies some of the, the hope and the tension that we're talking about. Uh, so we get verse three. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song. Uh, that just, man, that hits me every time. I don't know if it's the, the poetic nature of it. Of course, the text was written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Um, there's that, but then also it, it is answered. That, that bell is answered with a breath prayer that, that in verse four, then peel the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail and the right prevail with peace on earth. And so mm -hmm. I think it both acknowledges really the despair of some moments that we have, or certainly the tension that we sit in, and then points us forward to he who will come again, um, and peace will reign on earth and in us. Yeah, that's a great choice. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Well, friends, that is going to wrap up seasonal practice Advent 2022. I was going to say 2023. I'm already skipping ahead. Almost there. Slow your roll. Well, I know. I know. It's not there yet. Christmas is not here yet, even. Um, I think as we sign off, uh, I 
think we just want to share our hope and prayer for all of you um, is that this season has been a wonderful wait as we approach Christmas. And for me, I, I just pray that everyone's heart is cheered by the hope of Christ. And I hope um, with Christmas coming, you just rejoice in the joy of Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. I would echo that same thing, that God is alive. Christ is near and Christ is coming. And what a gift we have. So as you dig into some of these practices, would you do so with a full heart and our eyes set toward hope in the one who has come, is present and is to come, the one and only Jesus Christ. So with that, friends, would you practice well? And we'll catch up with you next season.